Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, I have Dr. Paul Jared Frank, renowned cosmetic dermatologist whose celebrity clients will probably never know. He's a real artist, particularly known for his body sculpting, fat removal from the face and body using minimal invasive procedures like injectables and lasers. He's the author of the Pro-Aging Playbook, which I suggest everyone to read if you have any anxieties about aging. You'll definitely feel better. He confirms the grass is not always greener and one size doesn't fit all. He's also the host of the Pro-Aging Podcast. With two locations in New York City, one on Madison Avenue, and his newest location downtown in the West Village on Perry Street. So the reason why I wanted Dr. Frank as a guest, aside from his brilliant techniques, is because I like his philosophy on aging. Hence, the pro-aging and not anti-aging. As we discuss on Rich in Life, it's about changing your perspective. For me, it's always a struggle, but when I apply it, it has the best results for happiness and contentment. Dr. Frank is a believer that friendships and relationships have a lot to do with how you accept yourself. He believes beauty comes from how we treat ourselves from within. It's a lifestyle. There's only so much he can do. He's going to explain to us what that means and how to achieve it. We're going to cover when is the best age to start and what's the best procedure to start with and how do we know when to stop. We're going to find out about the newest procedures and what the maintenance of treatment will look like throughout the years if you're a proponent of cosmetic dermatology. The goal should be to look like our best selves. Fat removal, jowls, wrinkles, eyebrows, cellulite, we cover it all. I know what you're all thinking. Stop babbling and let's get started. Okay, so now to Dr. Paul Jared Frank. Hey, how are you? What's happening? Nothing much. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I wish I could have some drinks that are behind you. We could share a cocktail, but unfortunately, it's not working out that way. Well, I already put some in my tea. I try to hide it, but it's not really hiding it when I tell the world. They don't let me have that in the doctor's office, unfortunately. I have to to hide it under my desk. If I saw that in a doctor's office, I'd run. If I just rolled in with like a cognac or something like that into the treatment room, you you would run away? I would run. Are you crazy? I'm the only one that's allowed to drink in my world. Only me. He's the designated driver. I'm the drinker. Everybody's got to behave and be on, you know, point. I'm the only one that's allowed to drink and be reckless. But it's funny. I will behave. I'm I'm not a weekday drinker. I'm a weekday. I'm a weekend drinker. So we're good. Good. That's great. My producer, Vinny, sometimes as we're working, he'll look behind me and he'll say, Rich, the bottle looks a lot less full than it did yesterday. (laughs) He's like, you're going to do it like what teenagers do. It's like you empty it out and you fill it with other liquid. Right. I don't, my kids are small, so I don't know. You'll have, you have older kids if I'm correct, right? I have a 15 year old, so I'm watching that. You know, I'm smelling if it's apple juice. That's being put back in. Yeah. God bless you for that. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to need to be comatose to deal with that aspect of it. That's what the drinking's for. That's what the, exactly. That's what the drink. Hopefully that's all I need and not maybe more more than that. So, okay. So first of all, I have to ask, how was your day? I know that, you know, this is six o'clock for people that are listening. You're actually coming on this podcast to be on the show at six in the evening after working all day. Yeah. I mean, I'm like on my fourth wind right now. You know, there are a lot of things that are going on during the day, actually to be able to sit and speak to one person and talk about the things I like. It's, this is actually a relaxing portion of my day. I do slip in a little meditation during there. Occasionally someone puts food in my mouth, but I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> that's how you stay looking good. You just yeah, occasionally let got, somebody I mean, slip food in the mouth. Constant kinetic motion. I'm, I'm not great at sitting still. So I'm usually most relaxed when I'm constantly at attention. Well, I have to ask you, uh, so what was on the menu today? I'm just curious. I mean, when I look at you, you look so relaxed, so great, but your hands were bloody today. I mean, I know your hands had to have been bloody. What was on the menu? What did you do? 
Not too bloody. Well, today I was in my newer downtown office in the West Village, which has been very exciting. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. It's so exciting. It's a dream come true. Um, Today was an enormous amount of injectables and devices just all day long. I maybe saw myself, 30 patients, maybe 50 patients came through the office. I do uh, oversee other providers. So I'm keeping track of what nurses and PAs and other doctors may be doing in other rooms. And then also dealing with the running of the business, speaking to my managers. Again, it's kind of a whirlwind. Like I, I blinked and it went from 6 a.m. to right now. So incredible. To me, that's incredible. Um, I want to get to it also about your, um, you like to do um, meditation. Yeah. I know you like to do medication. That's your thing. I'm not really into it. Maybe you can educate me yeah. on that a little bit later. We'll, we'll get into that because, okay. you know, I'm a very nervous person constantly. I have anxiety but I also have no patience for anything. And that includes meditation, but it really does help you a lot. Yeah. You sound just like I did eight years ago. It's like, you know, we're like, I always felt I was like the person who gets hypnotized. Who's like, I can't get hypnotized. It's not going to happen. Like that's kind of what it's like. I honestly think for people who work at a very like staticky nervous level in life, those are the people that benefit from it most because the really meditation, it doesn't matter what kind of meditation you do. It's really about giving yourself a chance to relax, whether it's on a vacation on a beach or whether it's taking 20 minutes out of your day to just sit still. Your body kind of figures out what to do. It's just a matter of giving it, giving it the chance, trusting it. And it's just a matter of practice and habituation. Eventually it does it. I, I was exactly like you. Okay. So while, while we're on the topic, so you had a guest on your podcast uh, Bob Roth. And, and so tell me, so I know you believe that this meditation in itself is very helpful for your beauty, for your skin, for the way you look, not just the way you feel, but the way you look. Oh, no, absolutely. They're very interconnected. I mean, overall meditation of all forms has been around thousands of years, but in modern day where we're filled with so much content, we're in demand at so many different levels stress is one of the biggest causes of aging. It's very simple. You don't need to be a doctor to realize stress causes, changes cortisol levels. It changes metabolism. It changes cortisol production. And even though it doesn't just affect your belly, it doesn't affect your brain. It affects your skin and the way you look. Everything is interconnected. So anything we can do to decrease stress and improve our overall well-being, well, of course, it's going to make us look better. So of course, this is my background. That's how I think. Right. Like I just think right to the easy stuff. Isn't there a pill for it? Isn't there, you know, I'm always going straight to the easy thing for it. Not that I'm such a pill taker, but you know, I like the easy way out. That's my expertise. People are coming to me for shots and lasers. And I will tell you, this is the biggest thing I talk about in my book, the pro aging playbook is that I'd love for just the shot to be the answer. Okay, the replacement for the meditation, the exercise, the good nutrition, the good relationships and the priorities that we put on. But unfortunately, the things that I do as well as they work, they're the icing on the cake. I wish they could replace it. I'd love to not sleep. I'd love to not have to. I'd I'd love to ignore my 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 loved ones. I'd I'd love (laughs) to not care about what I eat. But unfortunately, there are tricks. There aren't shortcuts. And I think I have to look at that in in a positive way. Yeah. I think we both have very similar. I mean, your book was great. I have to tell you, I may need to keep referring back to it. The pro aging playbook, which is incredible. And the reason why I specifically love your ideology or your philosophy is because it's not just about cosmetics. It's about loving yourself from the inside. And that's how you start from the inside out, surrounding yourself with good friends, good people, can you elaborate on that a little? Because I know for some people, you know that I've been in the fashion business for many years. I've had shops on the Upper East Side. We've had all kinds of clients from, you know, celebrities, socialites, all kinds of clients. So I've been watching this take place over the decades. You know, women used to come into my shop right after the facelift. They walk in with the bandages. I would literally fall buckle at the knees. They did that and they'd be like, I want trying that. to try on shoes. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. So I'm surrounded by all of this. So when I when I read the book and I and I see what your mantra is and what you like, it kind of really resonated with me because I'm with you on that. Explain to me. Listen, I honestly believe, and this is things I didn't learn in medical school. It's things my my parents have told me, other people that you respect or enlightened by, you just pick up along the way. And that is, in general, you get back what you put out. 
in terms of your, your vibe, your ethos. And I always said, when it comes to being a doctor or a human being or anything else, if you're surrounded by terrible people, you got to look in the mirror first. Because, you know, listen, when you're starting out as a doctor or you're a teenager making new friends, of course, you could attract some, some negative people. It could take a few decades of your life to le- learn how to filter people. And of course, we're all trying to achieve and look beautiful and have a successful business. So of course, negative energy is going to come our way. But it's our job to kind of screen through that, surround ourselves with the loved ones, the right friends, and hopefully the, the right professional people, right? We get to groom our clients, no matter what business you do, the way they groom us. And um, I think it's really important how you pick and choose who you surround yourself with, because that has the biggest impact. We're social creatures. So basically, your clan, your posse is going to be the biggest reflection of you. So I think that's a brilliant statement. And I agree with you. And I don't think I recognize that as a younger person. But as somebody who's a little bit older, I've learned that the grass is not always greener. Surrounding yourself with friends just because they may, you know, know who to party with or what restaurants to go to. The grass is not greener. We all do that. We've all had times like that one friend that always drains your soul. We all have that in our crew. We still do. doesn't mean everyone has to be perfect, but definitely when you're younger, you have, a, you have more excuses because you haven't lived long enough. You know, the pro-aging lifestyle, I mean, get listen, youth is wasted on the young, right? It's a huge learning process. It's not easy being young either, but by the time you hit like 30s, 40s, 50s, you're still surrounded by people who drain your soul. It's only one person's fault. It's your own. You know what? I love what you say. It's so true because I always say that if I had the knowledge and security that I have now when I was young and pretty, because I mean, I was when I was young. I remember, I mean, New York City was my playground. I mean, I've met, you know, everybody. If I had the security and the confidence back then, who knows what could have happened? I I mean, I also could have been dead. So, I mean, you know, I won't rule that off the table, but yeah, a lot could have happened. But I feel like I wish I would have had that confidence back then when I was younger. But you know what? Things evolve for a reason. Again, you really can't look at it that way. If you had, could, should, would. There's a reason why we age. There's a reason why we're watching the wrinkles. The reason why we're given our own susceptibility to death, everything. The things that stare at us in our face. It's easy to be young and perfect. And why is that? It's because we're getting smarter. The fact that I'm smarter and more secure now, I don't care who's going to be at a party or who's going out to dinner. I want to know who's going before I go. That wasn't the way I felt when I was younger. I know. I'm at the early bird special. I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) going to be asleep by 930. I I always used to wonder, you know, it's like, I want to walk in when the restaurant's quiet and I want to leave when it's busy. I want the action when I leave, not when I walk in. That's a good philosophy. I want to see people on the way out being like, see ya. See ya. (laughs) I love that. So I want to break it down for people like me who don't really know a lot about cosmetic dermatology. Yes, I've done Botox. I've done um, Fraxel, which my face was on fire. I was supposed to do it more than one time and I didn't do it. But I feel like I liked the way it, you know, it did, it helped. But I want to go through it for like people that are simple like me that don't know very much. What procedures are out there? When do we start doing these procedures? And, you know, does it vary with every age? I mean, what's the game plan? Right. Okay, great. Perfect. So you said it. So really, what is the game plan? I'm very late to the game. I'm very late to the game. If it wasn't for my friend who's a dentist, I would have not even done Botox. I was sitting in her chair. And before I could say yes, she was already pinning me in the forehead. I loved it. But I still great hair. Thank you. What's left of it? Great hair. That's going to hold you. That's going to hold you for a while. I'm struggling. I've been on Propecia and Minoxidil since 18 years old before it was FDA approved. And the reason why is because my brother, who is a year older than I was, lost all his hair within one year. So the fright from that just, I never stopped worrying about my hair to this day. It's actually on one of my questions. Is there new any cutting edge techniques to get the hair to keep growing for men? Yeah, they, we've been, they've been saying the cure for baldness is 10 years away for the last 40 years. Right. <laughs> so I'm not holding my breath. By the way, note to self, anytime a doctor or a research or something you read about says we're five to 10 years from a cure, that means we have no idea. Great. Brad, okay. remember that. Remind me that. Make, make a note. But in terms of game plan, I always tell people a broad spectrum. 
People want to know, when do I start? What do I do? I always say, listen, it's always best to clean up your room before it gets too dirty. So it's always smart to start early, but it's not an age thing. Do it when it starts to bother you, right? Some people are like, oh, well, I just want to wait till it's really bad. Well, that's not it. But you also don't want to do it when you don't have any wrinkles or any problems. You know, embrace what you have. Don't constantly focus on what you don't have. Right. Um, and listen, there are some people that don't need Botox to their 50. There are some people at 22 that need it. You know, it really depends. You know, unfortunately, all people are not created equal when it comes to skin because we age differently genetically, different skin tones, different eth ethnicities. People with darker skin tend to age a lot better. Asian, African-American, um, they have different thicknesses in their skin. So you have to do what's right for you. So and one size doesn't fit all, which is what my Absolutely. mantra is all the time. One size doesn't fit all. Don't look at your exactly. friends. Don't look at your neighbors. Don't look at anyone around you. Try to be your yeah. best self. Yeah. And the good news is there's so many options out there. The bad news is there's so much content. We're being sold stuff on Instagram, med spots, the OBGYNs around the corner are doing laser hair removal and Botox. So it's very difficult to weed out. So what I like to instruct people is first and foremost, educate yourself. You know, if you're going to consider something cosmetic, first things first, you can do your research online, but you should speak to someone who's like a board certified dermatologist, plastic surgeon. There is like a group of people that I think you could expect a legitimate guidance from. The other thing is, is that I always focus on the health of the skin first. We know that Botox fillers, there are things that take maintenance. I always try and make permanent difference in skin health. Like for example, you had Fraxel. There are many types of Fraxels. And what's great about that is because it's getting rid of the old, stimulating the new, and it's not something that wears off. It's focusing on not only how you look, but the health of the skin. So I like to do things that are going to have kind of a long-term benefit. And um, right. then you have to target things. Some people, they notice this. Some people, it's their neck. You just have to realize if you go somewhere and they only have one treatment and they're selling it to you for everything, there's an ulterior motive there. Exactly. Which, hammer, it's so know. funny. I'm going to get to that. One of the things um, I you know, love about you is the fact that you are so honest and it's not only about your art and your work, which I have to say you are brilliant. You're an artist. Oh. One of my favorite quotes in the book is I've got good news and I've got bad news. The bad news is no matter how hard you work out, how much you eat right, and how well you take care of yourself, we're all going to the same place. Yep. I mean, but that's your opinion. I don't know about that if we're all going to the same no, place. We have, but we have to accept it to some degree. We correct, have to but accept the, it to some degree. And it's the ultimate equalizer. Isn't that a great thing? Yes, but the good news is everybody else is aging. It's an epidemic. And it's certainly better than the alternative. When you put things in the right perspective, it's tolerable because aging from, you know, being living on the Upper East Side and being around, you know, um, people all day in the fashion world, it can become obsessive. You know, all you think about is, you know, what can I do next? Yep. You know, it's almost like being in Hollywood in California. When we used to go to California, his brother lives there. Brad's brother lives there. I used to think, oh, my God, I should be doing things. What can I do? I, I never knew yeah. what to do other than Botox. But I come back to New York and I feel better. Yeah. No, there's enormous social pressure. And don't get me wrong. I'm the vainest person I know. You know, I'm not Mr. Guru and I don't need anything. I'm chock full of all these treatments. I'm 51 and I'm all for it. But I have to constantly remind myself not to get, you know, to check myself before I wreck myself because we're all susceptible to the pressures. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Googling before and afters. I'm online also. I'm not immune to these things. But it's important to realize, you know, and this is the discussion we're having. It's, it's important. If you recognize the abuse and the over-concern, that's, that's part of the, the resolution to the problem. You know what I mean? Is um, there a lot of over-abuse? There's so much. There's so much over-abuse. And again, we can talk about Instagram and certain celebrities and things like that and the pressure. But the pressure has always been there. It's just, it's so much more visible now because of uh, social media and technology yes. that puts it right in front of our face and the algorithms that are programmed to target us based on our obsession with vanity. Well, you said something earlier, it's the social pressure. And I think that's the part that really I've noticed more than anything yeah. is there's a social pressure. You find out your friends did it. Somebody might have gotten great results from something. So they want to run to the same exact doctor and they don't get the same results. Yeah. And then, you you know, listen, yeah. I like the Kardashians. I mean, I'm not, I don't watch their yeah. show. I like them. They seem like lovely girls, but yeah. ever since they all started using these fillers, they seem older to me, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Other people might think it looks better, but to me, they seem like they're older, but they look good as an older woman. Exactly, because they look done. That's the thing. And again, certain areas you go in the country, in the world, there are two types of an aesthetic. And one aesthetic, which is the one that I go for and how I think a lot of New Yorkers are, they want to look great, but look like they had nothing done. Whereas people from certain areas, California, Arizona, Miami, they want to wear their features like the letters on their clothing. You know what I mean? And they want to look like they've had stuff done because it shows status of some sort. Isn't that interesting? That's so interesting to me. And it makes you look older. But that may be how people want to look. They want to look older and done. And that's their choice. My, my concern is for people who don't have the wealth or fame uh, or proclivities that certain celebrities do, that they may be doing harm for the aging process. Because just because a little bit of filler or Botox may be beneficial for the aging process, if done too much, it could stretch the skin. It could weaken the muscles over time. It may necessitate a facelift earlier. You know, if you're a Kardashian, you can get a facelift at 40. You know what right. I'm saying? You could pull and nip and tuck and do all these things because it's your it's your life, it's your business. The way they look, that it, that's the way it is. But who the hell wants to do it? The thought of it makes my knees buckle at, at any of it. So that's what's so crazy to me is who wants to do it? I'm trying to avoid everything that I could avoid having to yeah. do. I don't need more maintenance on my body because I work out yeah. like a crazy person. You know, so yeah. I'm trying to minimize, you know, minimize everything I have to do. Yeah. And again, I I usually find I try and sense where people are coming from emotionally, why they're doing it, what they're trying to achieve, what their expectations are. And I'm all for using the magic and using the tricks. It's just it has to be balanced, because as we all know, particularly being in the fashion industry, you could be gorgeous supermodel and full of money and full of time and all these great things and be a miserable person. And there are plenty of people I know that can care less about a wrinkle on their face and don't have that much, that a pot to piss in, but they uh, they're happy. They find happiness. So you know, it's nice to have beauty. It's nice to have money. It's not everything. You got to find the balance. You're absolutely right. It's so true. My mother used to always tell her when uh, people would always say she looked so beautiful. She had beautiful skin, my mother, and she always looked good. Uh, She passed away about seven years ago. But every time I would tell her, you know, how many compliments she would get, she'd say, so what? She's where does that get me? Because, you know, my mom was widowed very young. She never got remarried. And, you know, she was lonely, I think. And, you know, so 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 she was beautiful. You know, sometimes in life, it's better to be lucky. Yeah. Right. Always better to be lucky. <laughs> did you know? Yeah, of course. Did you know, Doctor? Uh, did you know Doctor Frederick Brandt? I did. I did. He was a mentor. We were not close friends, but you know, the the dermat- cosmetic dermatology community is rather small. Yeah. And you know, listen, there's no one in my community that did not know him. He was an icon of his time. He was around when Botox was first being used experimentally, aesthetically. We did share some patients, and um, we did cross paths quite a bit. And he did create that apple cheeks, that very, very aggressive stretching of the cheeks. He was he was very innovative in the 90s and early 2000s. Unfortunately, in his latter years of his life, that's what people remembered him by. But really, his greatest innovations were just in the early uses of using these products at all. Amazing. Amazing. Me and Brad, uh, excuse me, Brad and I, I'm trying to fix my grammar. Brad and I met him quite a few times, not knowing who he was on yeah, Sundays. Yeah. We used to go for brunch or shop at Bergdorf's or Barney's and go to Fred's. Oh, yeah. And you that know, was he his was hangout. Same, same you too. No, that was his hangout. That was, that was our hangout. So a few yeah. times, one time I was in the dressing room next to him after seeing him two, three times, we wound up talking. Do you like this? Do you like that? And then, you know, he was unusual looking to me, you oh, know, yeah. and at the time I always said, you know, surgery is not for men. It's for women. Men should not do anything, yeah. leave it to the women. But in any case, I realized who he was after. He was very nice. We kind of became friends. He's a and sweetheart. He was such a lovely guy. He was a, a nice guy. Sweetheart. Yeah. But okay, so I want you to take me through a kind of strategy of what people can do to, you know, maintain their youth without going crazy. Yeah. Well, just like you said, less is more like, um, you know, you're of the vein, like you don't want to have to do too many things. People have to realize that it's not about how many things you do. It could be just as much as how many things you don't do. You want to age gracefully, exercise, eat right, stay out of the sun. You've done 80% of the battle. Okay? So staying out of the and sun is on, never going away. Oh, it's in there. I mean, I hate to say it because I like being outdoors, but listen, 
I know. Look at your face. Look at your tush. They're aging differently. Know. You know what I mean? The fact but we have Fraxel now. Is... Can't we say go in the sun? We have Fraxel, but the Fraxel I doesn't know. do I anything know. for the wrinkles. That Yeah. So right? the... there, is, there is a Fraxel that does for the wrinkles, but that's the kind where you stay home for two weeks. It's oh. called the Fraxel Repair. That's the big one. I do that as well. We put people to sleep for that. We usually reserve that for, you know, people over 50 or people with very severe acne scarring. But again, the first... The first cure to control. Wait, I'm sorry. Aging. Pause. I'm asking a selfish question. Does oh, okay, it work okay. around the wrinkles around the eyes? Because that's the only thing that drives me crazy is I feel magic like my there. eyes are aging. It's magic there. It's magic. Oh, yeah. It literally, it's like pulling the sheet from the corners. Oh, my God. Okay, but two weeks of downtime. Okay, this is scary. I always say I'm going to do stuff and I never do it. I'm doing it. I'm coming to you because this sounds like something that I'd be willing to do because the eyes. It's one week. It's one week looking like you got socked. And it's really just like an an additional second week of pinkness. Like women put on makeup. You could put cover up on. I'm not putting cover up on it. So I'm going to tell you something interesting about me. I'm not putting cover up. Um, So here's what's interesting. I had a basil removed from my face. It was right by my nose when I was young. No more sun. No more sun for you. I know. It was terrible. I was out of the sun for a while after I had the basil. But the thing was, is that I went, I didn't go to a plastic surgeon to close it up. I let the doctor at the time, I won't say her name because I was not happy with what she did. And it looked like a gouge. But the silver lining in this was, I went to another doctor that was giving me laser to laser to kept, he kept trying to smooth it out. Eventually he told me to just do the laser around my face and my eyes. It was a little painful, but I got used to it. But I do find that the laser that I did back then kind of maybe helped me out a little. Is that possible? Absolutely not, not possible. It's absolutely. And by the way, just so you know, the standard Fraxel that you probably did not only makes you look better, not only gets rid of sun damage, but it's been proven to decrease your future risk of non-melanoma skin cancer, which is basal cell, which is squamous cell. So someone like yourself doing a Fraxel a year will save you a lot of trips to the dermatologist because as it is, you already have a 50% chance of getting another one of those. So how do we make it less painful? You said you use, you put people to sleep. Well, everything is yeah, I mean, everything is about control of pain. It shouldn't be. I mean, aside from the an hour of a high quality uh, anesthetic, um, you there are certain types of sedatives you can take. I mean, procedures shouldn't be painful. They they could be uncomfortable, but right. you're talking like a six out of ten. Nothing should be like an eight or nine out of ten. I know. I'm looking for a long nap, Doctor Frank. I'm just looking for a long two or three day nap. Yeah, I mean, I have patients that I do procedures on, and they bring an anesthesiologist for $750 and they take a nap and wake up, they're fine. And then when they wake up, isn't their face on fire? No, because they get medicine to control the pain. Oh, okay, great. Okay, so now let's Fraxel shouldn't be. Yes, Fraxel what? It shouldn't be a problem, the one you had. There are ways to control it without going to sleep. Okay, I know. It sounds a little bit like wimpy uh, for me to have to go to sleep for Fraxel. I mean, I could stay up for a, a cavity. I don't even have numb for a cavity, but I don't know. I see a needle anywhere near me and I'm like, you know, I'm a baby. Yeah. So let's have a little strategy. Is it ever too early to start Botox? Let's start with Botox. Yes, it is too early. Okay. I'm not a big fan of doing it. I mean, there are people that are like in their early 20s. You start when you ha- start seeing the wrinkle. When you start seeing the wrinkle at rest, not when you scrunch, when you start seeing it rest, that's when you could consider it. And that could be 20 for some people. It could be 40 for others. Okay, good. I'm with you on that. I kind of agree with that. I think 20s is too young, in my opinion, to do anything other than just to stay out of the sun. And I'm using quotations if anyone can't see me and to use good products. Now, how important is it to use good products on your skin in your 20s? Listen, using good products on your skin is like brushing your teeth at home. It's a necessity. It has to be done taking care of it. When you go to the doctor, it's like going for the dental cleaning. They're 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 independent of each other and they work well together. So taking care of your skin at home is, you know, a a very good place to start and sunscreen, moisture. If you're someone who has a pigment problem, you could use certain products. If you're getting, if you're very fair skin and you're getting early stage fine lines, there are other products you could use again, different strokes for different folks, but always start with cleanser, moisturizer, and sunscreen. And that's the way to start. And by the way, you know, there are patients 
you know, we do frac salon. Like y'all, I mean, you have a lot of women in their, and men in their 20s, like 25 years old. They went to school in Miami or Arizona, grew up in California. Their skin is very, very sun damaged. So I always tell, do the fraxel as early as possible. As soon as you see those brown spots, that's the time to do it. You see, it's funny. I'm no professional, but we're very much in agreement because it sounds logical. I'm all for lasers on your face because it doesn't change the shape of your face. Exactly. That scares changing the shape of faces and fillers. It's fine for women. I'm not a fan of it for men, but you know, go nuts, do what you want. I don't care. But I do believe in lasers, but they're freaking painful. And I think that's where people should probably start younger. Is that correct? Correct. Again, it's easy to clean up your room before it gets too dirty. You wait till you're covered. Of course, as the longer you wait, it's going to be a bigger treatment, more powerful, and certainly more painful and more recovery. Okay. So we know that Botox, we start when you actually start seeing wrinkles. Yeah. Don't start doing it in your twenties, just because you see a little line on your forehead. I agree with you. I know girls in their early twenties that want to take away a little line. I think it's absolutely crazy. I think it's great to start yeah. with lasers. I agree with you. I love that. What about You're things- Come like- work for me. Come work, come, come work here. I could use the help. I Listen, I could use the job. I'll come. I'm trying to get away from the kids. There's not enough for me to do with the shop. All I do is the podcast. I don't travel to Europe anymore to buy. I do it online. We do now Zooming. I used to go to Paris, Italy to buy all these collections and go to fashion shows. And that's uh, kind of, you know, not a job anymore. So my pleasure. Okay. So now what about fillers? When is it time to start fillers? Is that something that also has a time limit? Absolutely. I mean, I think fillers is, that's where you see the most variability in all. And I don't really like the word fillers because there are so many different categories of products that volumize, smoothen, fill, stimulate collagen. There are so many different products out there that the term filler is very generic because people think fill, you know what I'm saying? I really like to say what we try and do is reflate, not inflate. So fillers are really great when there's like a loss of volume somewhere. I like that. Yeah. Reflate, not inflate. We want to restore, not give you something you never had. Now, yes, sure. Sometimes we add a little bit more lip, a little bit more cheek that that God didn't give, but that's okay. But most of what we want to do is just recreate what once was. And it's so variable. I mean, I do have 19-year-olds who have genetic, very like deep hollows under the eyes, like to the point where... People think they're exhausted or sleep deprived constantly. And then I have other people like Indian women with perfect cheekbones and structure at, at 50 and they don't need a drop of anything. So really, wow. that, that is really variable. And you just need to, uh, to seek the professional advice to, to see what's going to be in your best interest. And that's where it gets a little sticky. And that was also one of my questions, but I guess we'll get to it now. How does somebody find a doctor that would be good for them, because like I say, one size doesn't fit all. You can't just go to your friend's doctor because he worked well for her. You don't want to go to a yes doctor. You want to that's go right. to a doctor that's going to tell you and be honest. Word, word of mouth is really important. So, you know, you can go to your friend's doctor, but don't get just sold on the same treatment. Listen about your options. Educate yourself before, but be open-minded to what the doctor, uh, what he or she may say. Um, again, your first time going to go see somebody. I know that there are a lot of great nurses and PAs and there are some quality med spas out there, but this is your face and your body. I think the first time you really should see a board certified physician, either derm or plastic surgeon who really has the broadest experience in this stuff. Be open-minded. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Be open-minded. That's important. I'm always afraid to go in and say, you know, what do I need? Cause then they'll find something I never even noticed before. The problem no. is, is that too many people go in and tell the doctor or whoever exactly what they need. That's a bigger problem now. Like yeah. I need thread lift. I need Botox. I need that. My friend does this. I just saw Kylie did that. That's more of a problem than the other way around. I can see that. I can see that. That's why a lot of people look a little bit crazy. I'm sorry to yeah. say, but some people on the Upper East Side look scary. I say no all the time, every day. I've been doing this 20 years and I've learned you build patience and you build trust by saying no more than saying yes, because patients think they know what they want. And, you know, understandably, a lot of doctors out there trying to build their practice, younger doctors, of course, you want to make patients happy, but saying yes to them doesn't mean they'll be happy because what happens is they may, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to blame themselves if they realize the treatment that they wanted wasn't 
come out, didn't come out the way they wanted. They're going to blame you. So you have to really think in long term for the patient, especially in dermatology. You're building a relationship, you're building trust. And that comes just like with children. Saying no is as important, if not more important than saying yes all the time. True. And it's like what you almost, it's like what you say in your book, you can help somebody so much and give them everything they want. And they're still not going to be happy because maybe exactly. they're not happy from within. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me because there's so much, the list is endless. What do you think about microneedling? Is, is it too young? It. You love it. I love it. Microneedling, plain microneedling is a great procedure for very young people. It stimulates collagen, doesn't change the way you look and used by itself. It's a very simple age old procedure to help give a little bit of rejuvenation. There are more advanced types of microneedling where um, it injects heat called energy delivered microneedling. Great for texture, great for acne scars, great for darker skin types who can't do Fraxel maybe. There are also types of microneedling where it injects little microneedles of Botox and filler for more advanced older patients. Really? So wait, so, they inject Botox with the microneedling? Yeah, the microneedling device, it's called skin boosting. It puts Botox and filler in the top layer of the skin to kind of give it this plump or boost. That's amazing. And so microneedling, you know, even though it's a very old technology, the new ways we're using it now, particularly on patients who may not be candidates for lasers, uh, like darker skin tones and other ethnicities. Why doesn't it work for darker skin tones? Well, there are lasers that can be great for darker skin tones, that, but you have to use them specific, specific lasers for specific skin types. Um, anything that has a lot of downtime or trauma can cause problems for darker skin tones because they tend to pigment irregularly during recovery. So you really have to be concerned about going too aggressively with certain laser technologies in darker skin types. Um, that doesn't mean they still can't have lasers, but there's always a little bit of a push and a shove, and you always have to consider alternative technologies to get to the endpoint you want. Right. Okay. Another thing that I love that I actually saw on your Instagram that was so interesting was microblading for the eyebrows. Yes. Because I grew up at a time where, you know, all the trends of tweezing and tweezing, I know so many girls that have no eyebrows left. Yeah. Yeah. Microblading. It's just an amazing, it's a form of cosmetic tattooing. And we all know that bad, like line cosmetic tattoo of old, old that just fades and looks green. It's really advanced quite a bit. Stroke by straight stroke could really stylize the eyes. The pigments are done um, that are novel or excellent. And certainly the artistry. I mean, I have a full-time cosmetic tattoo artist here, Christopher Drummond. He's amazing. It really is an art. He also does cosmetic tattooing in scars, breast reconstruction, hair loss to fill in. Uh, there's, there's really a huge art to cosmetic tattooing. Vitiligo, that disease where people get white spots. Yeah, it's incredible. I thought that was really good. And you showed it actually the video of it, which I thought was amazing because I couldn't figure out Brad had to tell me, no, that's a blade. I said, but it looks like he's actually just putting hair. And I know that's impossible, but that's yeah. what it looked like. That's incredible. Yeah. I know so many people that would love it and would benefit from it. But I yeah. find the most common complaint that I've heard over, my, I think my whole life, I even remember my mom complaining about her jowls. Yeah, and that's a um, tough one. It's a tough one. And, you know, decades have passed and I've heard it from uh, customers, friends, uh, family, you know, and I grow my beard because I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't want to know what's going on under there. That will put me in the hospital. Let me not know. I mean, jowls are, you know, when you start getting heaviness and fat deposits there, there are things you can do. Again, when you deflate here, everything comes down. So for the right candidate, you can use injectables to reflate that lift. We can use thread lifts. You can do micro liposuction of these areas. These are the minimally to non-invasive treatments. But people think as a dermatologist, I hate plastic surgeons. But the fact of the matter is, if I don't think I can give someone a reasonable, cost-effective, safe endpoint non-invasively, I refer to the plastic surgeon. Or I tell people, you got two choices. You could appreciate the way you look now and your age and growing old gracefully. We can try the minimally invasive things and get the best that we can get out of it. Or you can go to a plastic surgeon and technology and surgery is great. I'm not against surgery in people. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do. 
Right. I'm sure that there are some women that come in there and never want to hear the words, no, you need plastic surgery. <laughs> I'm sure like- Well, you I need never to- say you need. I never <laughs> right. say you need. No, I but say no, right. accomplish what we want to achieve. Yeah. I believe surgery is going to be the best option for you yeah. because I hate to make people feel like they need any of this. I know. I mean, the good news is I don't have to convince people to do things. I really don't. People think, oh, you're selling cosmetic procedures. People, they know who I am. They no, I don't think me. so at all. I think people are obsessive. I think on the contrary, yeah. you need to pull people back. And I think that's what I like about you and reading in your book and knowing about you is that you're the opposite. Everybody, especially where we live in this era, people want everything done. I know, I know. And what people I like about you always- is you pull them back. Thank you. They always say to me, I, most common question I get, Dot, when a new patient is, Tell me what I need. And I laugh and I say, what you need? A psychiatrist. Look at Yeah, no, you need to go home. You need to look in the mirror. You you have to assess and be filled with gratitude of all the things you have in your life and be satisfied with with what you got. But if that's not good enough, I got some good tricks for you. And we start. (laughs) You've got some good tricks if that's not enough. I got some good tricks too, because listen, I get it. You know, right. Right. It's my business. Of course, we're all vain, and I'm going to help you out. I just don't want people to feel like they need to do these things. I agree with you. I feel like, you know, I hear complaints from people, and I always say to one woman specifically, You're perfect. You're perfect. She's not happy with a saggy neck. She's afraid of plastic surgery. I said, You're perfect. You know, I mean, just be happy the way you are. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman, but, you know, it's very hard. How do you make a person or a client comfortable in their own skin, it's not possible, right? It's just not possible. No, it's not. But I will tell you this. And again, I'm going to give you the flip side of it. One of the greatest things that I do that I I get in my practice is really when you make someone feel more confident about the way they look, it's such an empowering, powerful self-aphrodisiac. You see how people feel about themselves. I mean, I have people cry on me. I do body sculpting on them. They've been fighting their pear-shaped body their whole life. And then you do something in a matter of a couple of hours and they're wearing their clothes completely differently or they've been staring at the dark circles of their eye at being annoyed that everyone's wondering why they ask that they're tired or stressed out when they're not. And then you do something with injections and all of a sudden it lights up their life. So it is amazing the things I can do and how it really does change the way people perceive themselves. And we know when you, when you perceive yourself different, the world follows, right? Yep. I agree. So I want to go back for a second to the neck. You said there are ways of doing it through either laser, taking the fat out, or you said something else with strings. Yeah, you can. So sometimes I could remove fat deposits under local anesthesia. You can get very small amounts of lift lift using suture suspension, what's called thread lifts. These are all various techniques to kind of avoid the inevitable surgical intervention. Okay. Um, have really, you done them it, on myself? No, I have not. No, I, not I've on yourself. Injections. I don't mean on yourself. Have you done them on other people? Is it something you do? Oh, I did three thread lifts today. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Thread lifts. So it is safe because isn't that what Janice Dean from the, the news reporter had a huge problem? She did that kind of procedure years ago, and I think she's still having problems with it. Well, and thread lifts case- have been around for like 15 years. They've come a long way. They're less and less invasive. Uh, they're absorbable. Um, oh. So, you know, listen, there is nothing that is without risk. Nothing. Any right. doctor that says they've never seen a complication doesn't see enough patients. Okay. Right. You're that right. being said, I generally don't perform procedures in my practice that I wouldn't do on myself or a family member. That's, that's kind of my rule. Okay. Um, but everyone has a different level. And in general, these procedures are safe and on the right candidate, they're effective. And uh, thread lifts is one of those things that are very popular now. I usually because, use I'm sorry to interrupt a- you. What you do is you take the fat out, but then the skin sags a little, correct? Yeah. Correct. So then that's how well, you- no. We can tighten the skin on the inside with lasers while we're removing the fat. Is this a new procedure? Well, they're getting newer and newer. They are, they're relatively, you know, removing fat around the neck is we've been doing for 20 years. But in the last five years, having these devices that tighten the skin on the inside, they are new. 
So when you say from the inside, it's not the thing that they had a few years ago with that thing that you put on top of it. In other words, they, they tighten it with a, a laser that goes on the outside of the skin. Yeah, no, now we're doing it from the inside. Oh, it works so a lot that, better. Oh, wow, yeah. It sounds like it would be a lot better. But it does have a little bit of downtime. You're swollen and puffy for a weekend. Right. You do the thing from the outside, you know, it's not that much downtime. See, so here's the interesting thing. And it's funny, Brad asked me to ask you this. Are there things that people shy away from and don't do that they would get so much benefit from because of either the downtime or it hurts or reputation? I don't know. What is yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, people usually, it takes a while to get them to Fraxel because it does have downtime. I would say the biggest stigma that I see of fear is in body sculpting. You know, half my practice is on the body, not the face. Uh, I'm atypical for a cosmetic dermatologist that one of my areas of expertise is in like um, what's called tumescent liposuction, which is fat removal under local anesthesia. People come in thinking that traditional liposuction is this dangerous, traumatic, painful thing. So aside from the fact that I'm pretty good at it, when they realize it's a 24-hour recovery, they could be on a beach in two weeks, and they've changed body shape and dress size in as little as 24 hours, it makes me look really good. You know what I'm saying? There's a huge You're being very modest, because from what I understand and from what I've read, you are the master of body sculpting. I mean, the I master. Mean, I love it. But, you know, it's such a difficult thing to do. I, know, I don't know many people that have had great results, but the people that I know that have done liposuction, do you do liposuction or do you do laser removal? Well, no, it's, li it's actually a form of liposuction, but what makes it special is that it's under local anesthesia and you use very teeny instruments. And the fact of the matter is you have to do it on the right patient. I am the last 10 pounds. I am not the first 10 pounds. I don't do it on obese people. I don't do it on people who don't take care of themselves. You know, I really picked the right candidates who, who are ones that are putting in the work. So what advice would you give to women or men for that matter, but mainly women, let's talk about, because I'm friends with so many of them that want to have some liposuction, have things removed. What advice would you give them to try to get down to their best weight? I always say I only do areas that are resistant to diet and exercise not people resistant to diet and exercise. So do what you can Brad's to, to get right. down to, you know, when you hit the wall, when you hit the wall, that's when I come in. That's when you come in. I like that because I think some people have a false, you know, idea of how it works. You know, they think it's like in place of dieting. Yeah. I see things being advertised on the street. When I go to the gym, I see all this cool spa, you know, buy a package of cool spa. It's like yeah. they're selling a manicure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, these are the non-invasive devices. I have them all. They work for very small pockets. People that are looking to, to transform their body, genetic body shape, it's not going to work. Those machines are for like young people who have trouble spots. They think they're fat when they're not. Right. That's basically it. Okay. So now you look great. Do you mind if I ask you, have you done anything? I mean, you're a doctor, I, I'm sure. Of course. Well, I, I certainly do injectables. Okay. I fraxel myself every year. I do all therapy skin tightening every year for my elasticity of my skin. I'm putting on my glasses hair to edition. look at you. you look damn I've had a little hair there. addition over the years. Yeah. And, you know, again, I do the Fraxels. I do a little bit of injectables. I try not to do a lot of anything. I do a little bit of everything, though. I like that philosophy. You don't do a lot of one thing. You do a little bit of everything. That's where the maintenance is, right? Isn't that... To me... That is not only the maintenance of cosmetics, that is the secret to life. That's the pro-aging playbook. You can't just you can't just exercise 20 times a day and then eat what you want. You got to do a little bit of everything and keep a balance and enjoy, enjoy it all. Enjoy life. You can't be too stringent on any one thing and do too much of any one thing. Just find the balance. And it takes work. It takes time. You know, it's funny, but I think by nature, me and you have that in our natural because, you know, like you were saying, you can't be a strict vegan. You can't be, you know, you can't be a strict me. anything. Me neither. It could be for other people. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. I'm, I'm middle of the road on everything. I'm, yeah. you know, middle of the road. I like to maintain whatever I'm going to do for a very long time. I can't yeah. stick to very strict rituals from working out to eating. It's got to be attainable. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. got to be attainable. It's got to be attainable. So all right, I'm going to ask you some random crazy things. What do you do about bat wings for women? Is there, is there uh -huh. any... Is there anything to do for that? 
You know what? If the skin is really hanging, that's surgery. Usually that's in surgery. younger people, we could remove some fat. Bat wings for people who may not know what I'm talking about is all the skin under the arms. So, so there are yeah. some women- A lot right of times you, that's a surgical thing. That's a surgical thing. What's the newest and cutting edge treatment today? Is there something newer that hasn't been out three months ago or six months ago? Oh yeah, there's a brand new for deep dimples in the tush. There is a new, which is the most difficult thing to treat. There's a new product called Quo, Q-W-O. Literally came out this week. And this is for cellulite. For cellulite, for the dimples, the deep dimples that people get. Men get them too, and it releases them um, to smooth out the skin. And how many treatments do you have to do in order for that to work? Three, three treatments done monthly. Does it work on all kinds of skin types and weight types or? Absolutely. It does. So it's not something that it has to be specifically for that person. No. It, it's applicable for everybody. Yep. Great. And you already told me about what to do around the eyes. And I think I'm going to come to you for that at some point. I know you're working on something with Madonna. You did a yep. skincare with her, the MDNA skincare. Yeah. How's that going? Um, so we do, this is a skincare that originated actually in Japan. She developed it with a Japanese technology company. They wanted to bring it to the, in North America. This is three years ago now. And when Dr. Brandt passed away, she, she used to work with him. Uh, I developed a relationship through a common patient and friend. We started working together and she asked me to join to develop it for, the, for North America, which we did. And uh, I was in Barney's, Neiman's. Uh, we sell it online now. It's still in Asia. And yeah, that, that's been a great relationship. Great. She's worn my shoes quite a few times. It was in People Magazine. And yeah. it was actually during her MDNA tour time. Yep, she wore yep. a bunch of my shoes. And I was very grateful for that. I remember wanting to deliver it to her townhouse on 84th Street. And uh, her people came and they were like, no, 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 you can't go there. I was like, okay, calm down. I'm not going to you know, do anything crazy. So I let them, I let them deliver the shoes to her, but I was so happy that she did wear them. Well, I have to tell you, it really is such a pleasure talking to you. I want to know what is putting your best foot forward mean to you? That is taking care of yourself so that you could be good for everyone around you. And in return, it comes back tenfold. That's what putting your best foot forward is. I love that. I think that's said beautifully. Thank you. Dr. Frank, thank you. And I have to tell you, you were very frank. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. I've never heard that joke before. Well, you heard it now on Rich in Life from Rich Arani. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Me. And I can't wait to see you in person. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life dot com.